0: I often joke about leaving my nine-to-five job to open my business so that I can work 24-7. But is it really a joke? This statement is false in two parts. The first, since entering the world of corporate finance, I have never worked a nine-to-five job ever. And the second was that it was a joke, because it is no joke. There are moments where I feel like I work 24-7 and moments when I actually do. And perhaps this is the first mistake that all these leading coaches will tell me that I'm making. But when you run a business, when you are passionate about something like I am about what I do, there have been plenty of mistakes I've made along the way. But I don't think this is necessarily one of them. So join me as we unpack this. I'm Amy Bajada, CPA by trade, not in nature. Now financial coach to businesses globally. The Boring Shit You Need to Know in Business podcast was created with business owners and aspiring business owners in mind. It's a way to bring you simple yet effective business strategies, explore the art of being in business, and challenge the notion that our financial numbers are boring. If you're looking to improve your profitability, increase your cash, and grow your business, you're in the right place. Join me and other business owners as we discuss The Boring Shit You Need to Know in Business. I'd always had my sights set on creating my own business. And over the years, the vision of this faded somewhat as I became very comfortable with the corporate finance roles I found myself in. CFO, Director of Finance, Asian Pacific Head of Finance, Global Corporate CFO, Commercial Manager. These were just some of the roles that gave me the experience and exposure to big business that are foundational in my business today and they were fun. I had a ball. I got to work with some amazing industry leaders, owners of big corporations. I got to travel and lead teams that were just amazing. And I got comfortable. Why wouldn't I? Money was great. I was learning heaps. Until I was challenged in the biggest way I'd ever been challenged in a role before. I had just been offered a large pay rise and complimented for my work, which was very flattering. But in the same conversation, I was told that the request that I had put in to give my team a pay rise had been rejected and no other pay rises would take place. I couldn't in good conscience go to my team, thank them for such an amazing job, and then proceed to tell them they weren't getting any more than a pat on the back for their hard work. So I asked my boss if I could take the pay rise they were offering me and distribute it accordingly to my team. I was met with a hard no and advised that things didn't happen that way. I was then told, mind you, I'm still in the same meeting where I was complimented for my work, that they didn't need managers behaving this way and that it would be my best interest to just take the pay rise for myself and get back to it. I politely told him that I couldn't work for them anymore and walked out that afternoon. I must have walked around the block at least 30 times before getting into my car and heading home. Luckily, I was a couple of weeks shy of getting on a plane destined for Africa. So I focused on that whilst I proceeded to contact recruiters. My trip to Africa and an incident that almost left me blind, and that's a story for another moment, got me actually seeing things clearly. I was reminded that I wanted to do something for myself and that I needed to use this moment, this opportunity to do so. When I got back, I quickly picked up a few contracts with various businesses, which evidently made it very clear what I was meant to do with my experience. And that was to bring big business thinking to small business owners, which I can talk about all day. which I guess is a good indication that I was on the right path. But we're here to examine the mistakes I made in business. And boy, did they come thick and fast from the point when I made the decision to hit go on starting my business. Because the thing is, whilst I'd participated in the management of many businesses in different industries, I didn't ever own one. And boy, was this a different ball game altogether. The first mistake I made was so rookie. I remember thinking that every day I would start my day with a nice cup of tea whilst catching up on the day's events. This would be followed by a walk, shower, and then work. If you know, you know. Just like I have never worked a nine to five job in my life, this plan never happened either. It was my first big mistake that I made. And the mistake wasn't in having a cup of tea or starting my day this way, it was in thinking that work was going to land in my lap and I would hit the ground running. 11 years ago when I started my business, the term coach wasn't saturated in the market as it is now. Using social media for business advertising was still finding its way and what I was doing didn't fit into the traditional slot of financial planner or accountant as many business owners had been conditioned to perceive this role that they needed. This was new. And here I was thinking that after a cup of tea and a read of the newspaper, my phone would start ringing and I would start working. The hustle was real. I had to learn this quickly. I didn't know much about social media besides the social aspect. I had to learn about websites and using these as a vehicle to start the onboarding process with clients. And I had to learn the art of patience. First thing I had to do was find people who knew more about these things than me. So I got myself a website designer, a graphic designer for my logo, and someone to help set up my socials. Whilst I was the expert in my area of expertise, it was a good lesson for me to learn that I can't be a master of everything. Laying these foundations right was so important. The second mistake I made was trusting that my immediate network was going to carry my business. By immediate network, I'm not talking about friends and family. I'm talking about extended network like those I'd worked with and those I'd done business with at one point or another. I started the conversation of me going out on my own, explaining what I would be doing and who I'd be serving. This was met with such enthusiasm and confirmation that this was a brilliant idea I even got many telling me that they knew such and such, and this is what they would need, and I got the, every business owner needs someone like you in their corner, Amy. These conversations were inspiring, and they provided me with the confirmation that I had the right idea, until crickets. Well, not entirely crickets, but I didn't have the influx I was expecting based on these conversations. Where were all these such and suches? The lesson wasn't in not trusting my network, but more in me learning that running a business is so much bigger than just those that I know. And the reality is that that's okay. Because whilst these people may not be my people, my people are actually out there. These 11 years have taught me that, that it's going to take a lot more than a couple of conversations for people to know, like, and trust me even if what I have to offer is the right offer. If they don't know you, they don't know you. Whilst I'm on the topic of this no like and trust factor, the third mistake I made was assuming that what I had to offer was for everyone. Now, I know I'm actually not alone in this thinking. Every business owner could convince themselves that they check every box for everybody at one point or another. And whilst on paper what I have to offer does in fact do this, the years have taught me that regardless of this, there are some profiles that don't buy what I have to sell, even if they need it. And I have had to learn to be okay with that. That was a hard lesson to learn, I can tell you. <laughs> because here I was in the corporate world, working predominantly for male business owners, and yet my audience as a business owner is predominantly female business owners. And again, this wasn't by choice, but don't get me wrong. I love working with female business owners. I find that they are all about the learning. They love to improve their skills. They can multitask and they see the value in guidance. It was just a steep learning curve for me to have to pivot so rapidly when I saw the trend forming. The thing is, the work I do is available to everyone anyway, if they want it. I'm in the business of offering financial freedom strategies to business owners, all and sundry, so everyone is welcome. But we quickly learn that when we're working on our target message, when we are working on our service offerings, we need to go to where the sales are made, and that is where our customer is. And a customer is simply defined as someone who purchases something from us. It's that simple. The fourth mistake I made was in the systems I had or didn't have. Whilst I had someone work with me on developing my first website, I quickly realized that websites aren't a set and forget landing page. They need to reflect the needs of your customer, both current and potential, at all times. And this changes rapidly. So too did the way in which I had to present my information, sometimes daily. I couldn't just keep ringing an external person when I wanted a minor thing changed. I had to learn how to manage these things on my own. The same rang true for email marketing platforms, graphic design, etc. So I had to quickly learn how to work with programs such as Canva, ConvertKit, Kartra, Squarespace, Trello, even all the programs I used to get my podcast off the ground, like Audacity and Sked, my scheduling system. I'm a freaking accountant, my friend. What a head spin. But I need to know it. This was ingrained in me very early on in my career. You see, when I was working in corporate, it used to frustrate me when something would land on my desk and when I questioned how the figures were arrived at or where the documents even came from, some wouldn't know. But they'd try to convince me, don't worry, that's not your role, don't worry. Can I tell you, there is nothing more important than learning where something comes from if you need it, whether it be figures or documents because one day it might not show up when it's scheduled to. Then what are you going to do? I guess it's why I'm so passionate about teaching businesses about where to locate their numbers. Because whilst you have an accountant or bookkeeper who will occasionally get them up to date for you, what about the unexpected times when you need to put your hands on them and don't know how? I saw a lot of this during the pandemic when Business owners were trying to apply for grants that they were clearly entitled to, only to struggle to get in touch with their accountants because they were busy. And the timing became an issue with things being delayed because they couldn't do some of it themselves. They couldn't get the information themselves. We need to know where things are for a number of reasons. So whilst I may not do my socials or set my Facebook ads, in the event I ever needed to know how to do this, I'm not handing that much power over to someone else blindly. I don't need to know everything, but I at least need to know the basics. Whilst I can go on and on about the mistakes I've made in business, the last one I wanted to discuss here was in stretching myself too thin and burning out. This happened to me back in 2013. I launched my business in March 2011 and all was going well. During that first year, I gave birth to my son. Crazy, I know. As I was new to this whole juggle, I didn't feel like I could drop the ball on any aspect of my life. So a month after giving birth, back to work I went. Albeit I was working from home, which meant I could work around the baby. And given the development of resources for my clients, I was able to do these at any time of the day. So I would reserve this work for after hours, after dinner when the baby and my partner had gone to bed, thinking I was going to be fine. I would nap when the baby slept the next day. Boy, was I wrong to think that my baby would revolve around my needs, but working was where I felt the most alive and I really wanted this business to work. So I gave it everything until I literally had no more to give. My son suffered a stroke. I know I've spoken about this before, but it created this tailspin that I couldn't get control of, which added to the pressure of keeping every plate spinning but my body had other ideas. It almost gave up. I ended up hitting a wall in the most epic way where I couldn't function. I couldn't put a thought together. I would cry all the time and literally have nothing to give anyone, not even myself. I did this to myself because I didn't set boundaries when I first started. Even 11 years down the track, I don't think I have fully recovered from it. So boundaries are important to me now. Clear time allocation. I spoke about this exact thing in an early podcast episode about mum guilt. So go check out episode 72. Setting boundaries means leaving my laptop home when I go to the water park with my son and actually getting in the water with him and having fun. It means setting expectations with my family when I need to get a piece of work done and how much I need from them during that time so that I can still achieve what I need to achieve. It means having a clear plan during work hours and knowing realistically what I can achieve and when. It means it needs to work. You know what? It's not perfect, but we are getting there. The one mistake I didn't make though was going into business. This choice was one of the best I ever made. And whilst I'm still making mistakes and working through the learnings, I wouldn't trade the learning curves for anything if we aren't making mistakes, how can we learn, right? Thanks for your time today, my friend. Stay well. Whatever you're doing today, I hope you make it count. To learn more about the boring shit you need to know in business, head to my website, www.amybajada.com.au forward slash podcast, where you will find all my latest and greatest podcast episodes for you to enjoy. To be notified of new podcast episodes when they become available, be sure to hit that notification where you're listening to this podcast. Stay well, my friend.